We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. The Sunday podcast edition of Knicks Fan TV. CP the Franchise here on the check-in with my guys. The Tratacaster, Alex Rotaros in here. JD Sports Talk in here. Sunday pod. And for the Sunday pod, we're going to do uh, weekly Knicks re- recaps. We're going to go around the league, touch on some of the hot topics around the league, and then take your questions. We have uh, a mailbag going around on Twitter. And then, obviously, the phone lines will always be up. 657-383-1509 is the number to call or the KFTV Discord. I'm going to sit back and pretend that that Giants game did not happen. But J.D. will touch on that later. But for now, uh, J.D., how you feeling, man? Preseason. Well, what's been uh, your main takeaways of the week, man? Knicks 2-0 in the preseason. Uh, blowout wins over the Pacers and the Wizards, respectively. What's been your main takeaways? Uh, well, happy to be here and uh, salute to everyone in the chat. Alex, CP, hoping, uh, you know, we have a great show tonight. And the first two games have been uh, a positive uh, development for the Knicks. Uh, you know, starting off with, you know, us having the opportunity to see some of the new players with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. I think, you know, one of the first initial takeaways off the court, um, or I guess on the court, but from a health standpoint, is Kemba playing the first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an encouraging sign, being that, you know, a lot of times you see players coming off injury, they go to a new team and, 
you know, they get immediate management. Uh, they miss preseason games. And then the season starts, and then you have the built-in excuse of, well, we haven't had enough time with training camp and preseason games to get uh, some chemistry down. Kemba being able to what it seems to, you know, I haven't heard any reports of him missing practice. He's played the first two games. Mm-hmm. I think that's an encouraging sign for the team, being that Tom Thibodeau is a coach that, you know, wants to build chemistry and he is big on consistency. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is RJ's defense. RJ's defense to me has been very, very uh, mm-hmm. good. I was encouraged by him taking on the assignment with Bradley Beal. Um, I like that the Wizards play their starting five. Um, and Bradley Beal played in that game because going into it, that was a matchup that I was looking for mm-hmm. as one of the headlines in this season is, you know, with Reggie Bullock and Peyton not here, is RJ that next man up to take those defensive assignments? And Bradley Beal is kind of like a short, shifty guard. So I, w- yeah. I wanted to see how RJ would do coming off screens, having to deal with a little bit of his elusiveness and speed. Mm-hmm. And I thought he responded very, very well. I'm encouraged by all RJ's confidence. The way he's shooting the three CP, it looks like, yep, yep. you know, uh, last year's, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's preseason, mm-hmm. but just because it's preseason doesn't mean that, you know, what you see in preseason won't translate to the regular season. Him being able to still shoot that three ball is a very good sign to me that last year wasn't a fluke because I'm thinking teams that defend the Knicks, when you look at that starting five, Kemba has the respect of the NBA players. Mm-hmm. Fournier has the respect for shooting the three. Teams may cheat a little bit and let RJ shoot those perimeter threes so that he proves that he is now a consistent, legitimate yeah. shooter. And I think he is trending that way. So those are some of the, you know, among many others, because it's been two blowouts. Yeah, yeah. You could go around. You could talk about every player and talk about positives. But to me, I was looking at the starting five. I was looking at Kemba as the newcomer and RJ as that player that we're looking to take the next step, you know, in this season. Yeah, I agree with you, man. The the battle with uh, with Beal last night was uh, was was cool to see because, like you said, he made him work. He was chasing him ra- around those screens. He had a nice sequence, I believe it was in the second half of the game, uh, where Beal was was trying to shake and bake and was trying to back him down, and and RJ was was not relenting one bit. And then Kemba came in, tried to bail him out, and, and picked up a dumb foul. But overall, you know, I thought RJ's uh, defense on Beal was solid, and and it's going to be important. It's going to be very important uh, for this team, you know, his individual defense and his team defense. But, uh, you know, even even with the rookie struggles, he was always a plus defender. I think even in his rookie year, you never really looked at him like, you know, as a liability on the defensive end. And then last year, he took it up a notch. And I think this year, it'll also uh, carry over. He's definitely looked like he's filling out. He's gotten bigger. We'll see again against some of the, the, the more quicker, the quicker wings, how he fares there. But... You know, I, I think the defense was definitely on point. I thought his passing was on point, especially last night. You know, made a night couple couple of nice cross court passes. Um, uh, I think he finished with about three dimes last night. So I thought his passing was definitely on display. So good playmaking there. And then, as you said, with the shot, I think I think it, it's going to continue to carry over from last year because I, I think the the mechanics have improved. If you if you read that article from Vorkanoff in the Athletic when they said that it was Fisdale that tweaked RJ's shot in his rookie year, and then him, him and Drew Hanlon went back to the drawing board, went back to what they know, and then last year we saw the uptick. I think it'll be the same thing this year. I think the mechanics have improved. He's starting to step into his threes with a lot more rhythm. 
And, and I, so I think he's going to be, and he's putting in the work, as Tibbs said. He's in there every night. He's on the shooting machine. He's doing the shooting drills. And so uh, I think that'll, that's definitely going to translate. And, and real quick, um, mm-hmm. you know, as you mentioned that you always thought that he was a solid defender. I did too. The only difference in this season is, as you know, when, you know, you're under the microscope now and things start to get magnified and now you have the stage. Mm-hmm. This is his opportunity for him to showcase that and kind of stamp that uh, as a plus defender. And, you know, we start to talk about, you know, categorizing players. He's talking about becoming a two-way player. He's going to have the stage this season because I think, you know, not only will the media focus on him on the defensive end, I think the fans and even mainstream, you know, this is his opportunity. He's going into it. It's a storyline. And we know already he is going to be that player that will be assigned to the top you know, wing and shooting guards in the NBA. So to me, you know, a lot of people talk about the disrespect and him not getting recognized in certain lists and all that. I actually think he has a, a, a very good opportunity this season to kind of, you know, go into that next level and start to get some recognition for, you know, the other parts of his game. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. A true story. Uh, Al, where are you going? Your thoughts of the week? Thoughts of the week definitely got to be with, I mean, I'm watching the first units too because, First unit as well because I want to see how Kemba and Evan want to fit how they fit into the starting rotation. But I'm looking at the bench, seeing if there's still continuity from last season, seeing if these guys are going to not only maintain but take it up another notch because Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin were rookies last season, and with another year under the belt, actually having an off season, actually having a training camp, actually having a summer league to go play, are these guys going to take that step forward? We're going to see more of, I guess, the the product higher production out of them. And so far, it will, they look to be trending up that way, right? Mm-hmm. We can talk about Obi Toppin, who I'm very impressed with. He looks more confident, more calm, more state, like feels comfortable in his body when he's on the court. We saw him last night. We talked about him last night. Uh, CP, he had 13 points, filled up the stat sheet, mm-hmm. had what was it, eight boards, one assist, one steal, two blocks, uh, 13 points. He, he shot two for six from three, five for nine from the field within 28 minutes. He was doing, he was all over the place in a good way, right? He was doing everything to help the team from a whole team aspect. He wasn't going to dominate by giving you a lot of points. He's not going to dominate. Like he's going to do what he needs to do by getting, cleaning, ah, getting the boards. Mm-hmm. And he's done that so far for the first two games. And then going to Emmanuel quickly, we see Emmanuel quickly's playmaking, take it up a little bit of it, take it up to another notch, right? He's not necessarily the facilitator, the, the whole playmaker, or just like, I should say the floor general that you want out of like, they would get out of a Chris Paul. But right now what he's doing, he's keeping that dribble alive. Mm-hmm. He's looking for guys on the perimeter. He's finding guys in the paint. He's doing, he, he's getting those outlet passes and he's still looking for his own. He's learning that balance. It's a difficult balance of knowing when to attack and when to distribute, but he's doing a really good job so far. And I think with having those two take another level up, you see D Rose last night was just smooth as butter. Got a quiet 15, uh, just really playing the same game that he was last season. Mm -hmm. You know, you also have Alec Burks, even though he wasn't doing much last night, he was still playing solid defense. We know Burks, it could be streaky, yeah. can be hot one night, he could be cold another night. But as long as he's giving you the defensive effort and not letting guys get past him, that's fine as well. And then you have Jericho Sims, who's, you know, he's still raw, but he's showing a lot of good stuff as well. So maybe he can get some minutes here and there throughout the regular season. Once we get Noel and once we get Mitch back, we know those two guys are going to be our locked starting five to give us a rim protection. But so far... Looking at that second unit, we should be confident because last season this team was one of the top 
uh, benches in the NBA, Monks first, Monks starting, and bench units, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote a piece for KnicksFanTV.com saying what, when uh, Derrick Rose handed over the keys to Kimball Walker for being the starting point guard. I talked about the seven plus 17.8 differential uh, for them as a bench unit. And that was calculated, I think, out of 171 starting lineups that mm-hmm. had 100 minutes played together. And with that, they ranked between 35 to 40 in the NBA. So, and that's just a bench unit. That's yeah. amongst other starting units. So if you can get that, if that was last year's production and they can just add on to that, this bench unit is going to be very potent. We're not going to be behind because the starting unit looks really good. They look like they're, they're, they look like they're gelled together. And mm-hmm. we discussed this last night. They're not even fully gelled together. But if you can, if we don't have to be, be playing from behind, like we had with last year, whether it was uh, Alfred Payne, a starting point guard, and even Reggie Bullock, because Reggie couldn't put on the floor like Evan Fournier and do the playmaking. We're going to be in games from the get-go, and then the second unit can come in and just add on top of that and take advantage of other bench units. I'm looking – I'm pretty high about this team, man. I'm pretty high. Uh, I'm not with J.D. Yeah. yet over the 50 Yeah, Al was ready to the, jump out. Al was ready to jump last night, J.D. I don't know if you were listening. Al, Al was ready, man. He was ready to jump out I, the window, I, man. I, I, heard, I heard him a few times. I heard him a few times. He was close. But – I mean, I listen. I, I listened to Alex, and I watched the show last night. Um, and I watched the the uh, the first show against the Pacers with with Ash and CK. And I listened to you guys, and to me, it seems like you guys are just scared. <laughs> you don't want. It's like, like you're making all these great points, and I'm like, so so. <sighs> CP, you're at 46. <sighs> uh, I think Alex yesterday said he went up to 48. Was it 48? You said you said yeah, I'm, I'm still going 48. up to He's 48. 48. I'm like, He's at 48. It's just too. I mean, CP, I, I said I won't ask you, so I'm not going to ask you tonight. You have 10 days. I will ask <laughs> you on October 20th on the pregame show. You'll have your opportunity to change your prediction. But and that's why when I was talking about my points. One of my, you know, I, I talked about Kemba because I'm looking at it from a 50 burger standpoint. In order for us to make that happen, yeah, Kemba, I think, has to be healthy. But you know, to Alex's point, that's another key point. Um, in order for them to get to that 48 or 50 range, is the bench. And when you look at the bench, you talk about Derrick Rose. I think you can pretty much certainly expect double digit points per game from him yeah i think you can pretty much expect that from quickly if he's getting the minutes he's gonna get and then burks that's three guys that on any given night not only can give you double digit points but any of those three can explode above double digits to the you know high teens to 20 points on any given night mm-hmm. and they're they're dangerous man i mean this team noel is not playing and sims is coming up and he's playing well you know like when you look at the depth of this team for 82 game season. Yeah. I just, I just don't see how this team, if healthy, doesn't push for that 50 win team. So I'm hoping you guys could, you know, could, could change up a little bit here. Soon <laughs> hey, hey, look, all right, look, I'm, I'm staying at 46, man. I'm staying at 46. I gotta, I gotta keep it a little bit conservative, man. That's just me. I, I just gotta, you know, I just gotta hedge my bets a little bit, JD. I, I can't, I can't jump all the way. So I'm going 46. Okay. It's not too far from 50, but it ain't too far from 40 either. You just never know, man. Chemistry has to play a factor. You got a couple new faces in here. You have, uh, we gotta see how the defense overall fares over 82 game season. Injuries, the health is a concern. It's a concern. We just saw last night D Rose tweaked, tweaked his ankle a little bit. Didn't look too serious. 
But it, it was still a moment where you just like, you know, you held your breath for a hot second. So I just I just got to see how all that pans out. So I'm going with 46. What do you guys think in the chat? Throw your numbers in the chat. Let's see where you guys are at. I'm, I'm seeing about the same. Chuck texted me today. I think he's around, you know, 46, 48 mark. So, you know, I I, I think I think I'm it's in the cool. ballpark, man. It's cool. I, I still we I think we still got that little bit of, you know, hesitant hesitancy from from the fans. <laughs> You know, you know how it is, CP. It's like we can't believe it. We're yeah, really we're gonna. It's, it's, yeah, this it's two years much, in a row, we're gonna make that. the playoffs. Yeah, is this two years in a row we're gonna be a four seed? Is this two years? You know what I mean? Like, is this really changing? It's, it's too is much positive, man. It's too much positive, JD. I got. To, I, I just gotta knock us down a peg. It's just, just a little bit, man. It's, it's too much. It's too much good things going on with this team right now, bro. Uh, and it's it. really the injuries, man. It's really the injuries because we're talking about Kemba, we're talking about D Rose, we're talking yeah. about Mitch, we're talking about Nerlens Noel. Well, we're talking about guys who are known to get injured. Mm-hmm. So you, we have to have a really good season. That's right. These guys stay healthy. Like if, and you keep saying it, Jaden. You see, you keep pointing it on to health. Like you keep emphasizing right. the no, health. You're right. And that's and that's really the thing. Like that's and with the talent in the East too. Like I'm, I'm trying to put those two things together. Those two things are going to collide. Yeah. And so. I got to stick with 48. I'm ready to jump out the window, though. I'm ready. Uh, well, let me tell you something. I'm ready to jump out the window. I will gladly jump out the window. Look, if this team gets over 50, I'll be outside, like, just diving head first, man. Ready to <laughs> go. that right now. Re- ready to go, man. I was I was uh I was very very uh impressed with with Jericho Sims man. Um let me tell you. I I really yeah. I really was impressed. He didn't do anything crazy in terms of statistics, but he's grabbing double digit rebounds. I mean, we're talking about and I I get it and once you're in the NBA, it's like nobody's looking at, you know, draft selection and what pick you were drafted mm-hmm. at. But I do put stock into that at least for a rookie season. So in other words, him being a rookie, yeah. being able to continue to build off his summer league. Because first it was in summer league, we were impressed. Now you're in preseason games. I know it's preseason, but it's not like, you know, you're in preseason playing against third stringers. Like, it's a, you know, you're playing against your first and second team players yeah. of these teams. You know, you saw last game he was matched up against Harrell. Sabonis played the first game. So now the competition and 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 level of 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 caliber of players takes goes up exponentially from summer league and for him to still show the ability to still remain physical to still be an athletic force in the paint right and and you see when he sets those screens man Kemba is happy a lot of these guards have so much spacing yeah. because he reminds me a lot of Dwight Howard in terms of his his physique yeah yeah and Upper being able strength. to set right mm-hmm, and being able mm-hmm. to set those those things now I know the last game he had some technique stuff, but th- that's still a positive to me, CP, because, yeah. you know, when Tibbs is screaming at him off a timeout and, you know, one of the timeouts Tibbs had his hands up, that's just technique work, which means that's something that's going to improve. Um, so to me, yes, that's when he's raw. You expect that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you see his natural ability there. You see and you're able to validate the Knicks have something there at center when you foresee the future, they have some decisions to make in the future um, with Mitch. Um, and I think that's why all this stuff, I think, is a positive for Mitch, too, because it should motivate Mitch Robinson to want to play well. Um, yeah. And in the front office, you talk about building assets. You talk about building a solid foundation, a good situation. Every time some of these players play well, all that is doing, Kevin Knox, all it is doing is 
when you are involved in a potential big trade, you have a lot of pieces that you can throw around and kind of negotiate. Assets. So it, it can't be a bad thing for Assets. the Knicks. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to trade these guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. But in all phases, from a player standpoint and from a front office standpoint, seeing some of these young players play well, Grimes comes in and immediately makes a three. Yeah, two threes. Two, I know two that might seem minute from from you know to some players because it's garbage time to some fans, but that's big, man. These 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 players the Knicks drafted early on seem to show an ability that when they are given an opportunity, they're going to be ready to contribute immediately. And that's a positive for this culture. It's the culture. The culture's been on display. Play development. It it all ties into it. And I think, as as you mentioned with the young players, um, they have to be assets to this team, whether it's helping us win or helping us get better players. You know what I'm saying? So either way, it's a benefit to this team. They have to turn into assets and I think part of that is uh having the proper veterans having Derrick Rose having Taj in there being coaches on the floor and then you know just having that commitment to excellence they they brought in quality locker room guys gym rats guys that are there working you heard RJ in some of the press conferences talking about you know from top to bottom there's people in this organization that are there putting in the work putting in late nights whether it's Tibbs the video coordinators or even RJ himself so I think that that's overall a good sign my observations for this week, obviously, you, you're looking at Kemba and Fournier, the two newest additions, and the impact that they're going to have on this offense. Again, preseason very early, but clearly from the spacing, clearly from what they bring from shot creating and playmaking, it's going to open things up on this offense. I'm going to play a quote from Tibbs in terms of what, how he felt about uh, the increase in three-point shooting. But, it, you know, it's, it's clear as day in these first two games that, you know, the additions of these two guys, they're automatically going to raise their three-point attempts because they're going to create, they're going to play make, and we're going to get more quality threes because they're also pushing the, the tempo. And I had the uh, the Court Vision episode with, uh, with Tommy D when we talked about, you know, Kemba and Fournier and just being able to get out there and transition. And, and you saw that in the first two games. And they're getting those threes out in transition as well. So now, you're not only going to have Julius being able to push, you have RJ off the rebound going to be able to push Kemba Fournier as well. So that's four guys in your lineup, in the starting lineup, that'll be able to do that. Obviously, the bench, as we talked about, is going to be potent as well. So just looking at the two pieces in the starting lineup was, was uh, you know, my takeaway there. And then next, I'm going to the young players because I think, yes, you know, the, the success of this team is going to, be you know largely on Julius's shoulders, Kemba, D Rose. We know that, and, and Fournier. We we know the vets are gonna have to play their part. But for us to take it up a notch, you know, remember this team is is pretty much set. The the cap is locked in, and this is what we going with unless we making trades down the road. So the development and the improvement of our young players is gonna be crucial to determining the the ultimate outcome of this team. So that starts with R J. It's Mitch when he gets back on the court. We haven't seen Mitch yet, but RJ so far so good. We're talking about quickly the things that he's trying to learn, how he's trying to evolve as a point guard. I think that's been a good sign. Obviously, you know, when McBride and Grimes get their turn. But my primary focus this week, uh, thumbs up this week, is for Obi. Because Obi is really, you know, even last year preseason, that game against Detroit, you saw the flashes, but... Obviously, he didn't. He couldn't put it all together over the course of the year. But I think what we saw in the summer league, moving into now, 
Um, it's slowing down for him. You could see that the game is slowing down for him. And just the confidence, the, the confidence that he's showing out there is on full display. So I think Obi's going to be a big piece of, of, uh, of why that bench unit is going to be even more potent this season, this regular season, because last night, another 13, eight, eight rebounds for him in the starting rotation, played good defense. You know, Obi was solid defensively for us. Splashed a couple of threes and Fournier found him for the backdoor alley-oop, which was popping too. So Obi's definitely getting uh, getting some some good run in the, these first two games. Let me play the Tibbs soundbite on the threes and then Obi. So let's everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Sunday podcast, CP, Alex Rotaros, JD Sports Talk in the building. We'll take your phone calls as well, 657 383 one five zero nine. All right, let me get to uh, Tibbs on the three-point shooting. Made threes tonight. Franchise record twenty. Obviously, that twenty-four doesn't count in the preseason. But your thoughts on that? I know you were looking for not just the number, but the yeah, uh, both. Uh, and it was one of the things that you know we've worked hard at for the last two years and over the summer. And also the guys that we've brought in, um, they're uh, you know very efficient at shooting them, so their shot profile is right. Uh, and then making the right reads—that's probably the most important thing. The ability to go off the dribble, uh, attack the rim, and make the proper rim read, hit the open man, and when guys make the extra pass. We're going to have good rhythm threes. We also want to push the ball more, so that's something that we continue to work on. Uh, but overall, like I thought, we had some really uh, good things. Obviously, we we're still not, nowhere near a 48-minute team, and that's what we have to stride uh, towards. And in the fourth quarter, we got bogged down a little bit, so we can improve in that area as well. But overall, uh, a lot of guys stepped in. I thought Obi played really well. I thought Kevin came in and gave us really good minutes. Uh, so that was good to see. Balance. We want to be strong on both sides of the ball. Last one for you, but you mentioned Obi. Just your thoughts on the extended minutes that he got his production. Really good. Like he's worked extremely hard, and uh, and not just the offensive plays. I thought he had some really good defensive plays, and that's where you know, we talked about his offensive improvement, which it has improved. But the defensive end, he's gotten better, and that's important for us. And when he's on the floor, the team functions well. He he moves the ball side to side probably as well as anyone on our team. All right, JD. So a lot of high praise for Obi uh, after last night's performance, man. What'd you think about uh, Tibbs' Tibbs's reactions? Well, first I like how I was I was smiling and laughing a little bit because I like how you know they've played very well in preseason, pretty much two blowouts. And Tibbs says we're nowhere near a forty-eight minute team yet. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts. <laughs> and I think you've seen some of that. You know, and, and the thing about Tibbs is not just you know, media rhetoric. You see it in the second quarter of a preseason game. He's calling a timeout. He's cursing players out. So, uh, but in, in regards to Obi, listen, I think, again, Tibbs is not someone that just gives this much praise on a player, not only saying positive things about Obi's play, but identifying and pointing out the defensive side of the, mm-hmm, uh, of mm-hmm. the basketball court. You know, in the past, we haven't heard those things from Tibbs. If, in fact, you know, we've heard a lot of Tibbs saying that that's where he needs to improve. So Tibbs saying that tells you that, uh, you know, aside from us on the outside evaluating it on TV, he's done it in practice and he's doing it. He's showing it to the coaching staff um, because Tibbs is saying that, 
you know, he's made a lot of progress. And when he's on the court, you know, the team is functioning well. He talked about his passing. You know, that one play that a lot of people, you know, were showing on Twitter where you saw like eight, nine passes. It went all over the court. Obi was the one that started, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that play. And his confidence, I think, as you pointed out, is is the biggest thing because his he's still athletic. He's still, you know, jumps out of you on TV, but he's more he's slightly more controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Which means he's under control. That the game is starting to slow down for him. And now he's starting to understand basketball. And for the people saying that, what does, what does that mean? What, what it means is you're starting to understand where you need to be on the yeah, court. Right, right. What's your assignment? What's your rotation? Where the pass should go first? Where you should go after you pass the ball? Mm-hmm. What type of screens you should set? When you should set it? Like all these things are starting to fall into place for him. Um, and, you know, he... Tibbs had mentioned, like, I understand he's a rookie and I understand, you know, you guys are saying he's 24. So I guess he should be an all-star already, but he's still a rookie. You know, it's the same thing. You go to a job. It don't matter how old are you. You could be 40 years old going to a new job. You still have to adapt to that company's, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, protocols and environment. So him being an older rookie, yes, the expectations are higher, but that doesn't mean that the process of being a rookie, being a sophomore, you know, going into your third year, it doesn't mean that that changes. You still have to go through it, and it's still an adjustment and transitional period. So a lot of encouraging things from Obi, and I was happy to see him respond um, yesterday as a starter. Mm-hmm. You know, he started a little bit slowly, but you started to see the rhythm come as the game started to go, um, go along. So... I'm hoping that he finishes the preseason strong and he continues. Again, we keep the same thing, increasing his value not only as a player, but as an asset. But as an asset. Yeah, good good points. And and he knows, just like everybody else, just like Kev knows, uh, the key to his, you know, uh length and minutes in the room. He's gotta play defense. He's gotta play defense. And that that'll be the key if if we ever see that OB Julius combo, if we ever need it. You know, not saying we need it because obviously, you know, we we have uh, a lot of talent at the five right now, a lot of defensive talent at the five right now. But if we ever needed to go to that, the way to it is going to be him being able to to, you know, defend, protect the rim, handle his rotations properly. And and I think, you know, he's he's on the right track. So that's that's good in that regard. Um, Al, you know, Tibbs also mentioned with the threes, you know, he said that we've been working on it for the past two years in terms of just getting the proper personnel he mentioned, you know, having the, the guys that that uh, are efficient three point shooters, and also the fact that they're able to drive and kick, you know, making the proper rim read. And I think having Kemba, Fournier, Rose, quickly Burks, RJ, you know, Julius, that's going to be a big factor for us, man. It's going to be a big plus for us. Absolutely, and you're seeing them. I'm trying to get the number. I think it was like, what was it? It was 54 attempts. That 52. We had yesterday? 52 yesterday, 52. 37 52. against the Pacers. Yeah, so you definitely see that the uptick in three point shots have been having, there's an uptick in the three point shot attempts. And it's only going to be better to create that spacing for Mitch, for Nerlens, for Julius, for RJ, for Obi, right? And I think t- this is Thibodeau adapting to needing the three point. We didn't have that. We were a good three point. If like percentage wise team, mm-hmm. but we didn't take high volume at all last season. Mm-hmm. It's it's very. Well, I think we were we were da- we were down we were, we were close down. to the basement. Yeah, yeah, we were close to the basement. And how many three point shots we were attempting, 
but you need that man because that's how you're going to play with pace that's how you're going to space the floor so that's something that, that's why you bring these guys in and you just see it you see how these guys are able to attack go to the cup they're able to get their mid-range they're able to shoot the three all because everyone can now shoot the ball from deep you know excluding yeah. the centers but everyone can shoot the ball from deep and that just creates that space that we see throughout all of the NBA. This, we're truly getting to see a modern NBA offense on the New York Knicks. Good to see, man. Definitely good to see. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Sunday pod in here. CP, Alex, JD in the building. We're going to get to the calls in a second. Let me shout out the Super Chats that have come in. Richard David sent a Super Chat. He says, CP, eat that 50 burger. <laughs> a mid belt forward sends a twenty dollars super chat. He says, "KP, don't worry. Uh, Tibbs got this team already booked for the fifty piece. Now he could uh, take a part time gig and help Joe Judge coach the Giants. LOL, and turn this season around." Oh, I, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to get on them boys right now, man. Later, 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 man. We'll, we'll talk Giants later, man. I'm still recovering, man, because I'm hurt. I'm, I'm I'm down bad from that game, man. But, but we'll get to that later. On to, on to good things. And, and you never thought that you would be saying this at some point that, you know, Knicks basketball was the only thing that you're looking forward to in terms of New York sports. Jeez. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, man. It ain't the Yankees. It ain't the Mets, the Jets, the Giants. It is Knicks basketball that we're looking forward to. So uh, very interesting indeed. Um, all right, let's get to the phones. Sheik, Hudson Valley. Sheik, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? What's going on? How you feeling, bro? Alaykum. Good, good, good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, you guys are putting on a good show. Appreciate as it. As usual, you know, I want to make sure you guys get the likes and more subscribe. You, you know, you deserve it at KFTV. Putting on a good show, man, and the season coming up where everyone's expecting – Every, every win, you know, we're going to be, even the losses, we're going to be watching you guys. So just wanted to shout you guys Appreciate out. Appreciate it, quick. bro. No, no, no doubt. Um, the Wizards, uh, they they actually look really good on paper. I just wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they got Kuzma. I mean, the starting five, at least. Their bench is really bad. But the, the starting five looks good. Um, they got Dinwiddie, Beal, Kuzma. Gafford was looking good out there. Mm-hmm. Uh Caldwell Pope, you know, he, he he's streaky, but, you know, he can play well. His defense is pretty good. So that team starting five looks pretty good on paper. I think the Knicks did a good job, you know, to be honest with you. No Randall. Um, and I'm going to get to Randall in a second. Um, uh, but, yeah, that you know, the Knicks are looking good. The three-point barrage is, you know, I'm liking it. I, I like how Tibbs is implementing the, the three-point um, barrage here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burks, my man, Birkenbag. <laughs> he needs to step it up a little bit, but he's just uh I guess he's just getting his feet wet a little bit with the with the new uh bench, I mean with the with the new team and everything. Uh but Birkenbag, I think he's gonna get get back to it, you know, C P that's that's our guy. That's yeah, our guy, man. For the yeah. for the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um but you know, I, I have um I have confidence in him. He'll get back into it. But yeah. you know, again yeah. back to uh Randall not playing. Um, you know, Randall's a great player. I love him. I love him, but you know when you look at it without Randall, mm-hmm. the team is just spreading the ball. I'm not saying he slows down the offense, yeah, but yeah. you could you could tell the first game when they played with the Pacers, Randall was you know there was some points where you could tell you know he wanted to hold the ball. And I don't know if you noticed it, but then he was like, oh no shit, let me let me pass it again, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it's like 
I, I noticed that a little bit of so I, you know I just we we just want Randall to really be a team player this year, meaning that you know he might not score all the points he did last year, he might uh, might not get all the rebounds like he did last year. Yeah, but I I think he can still be a great asset, but he just has to stop thinking about you know scoring too much at this point because right now we got a lot of good. Got got to trust the depth, you know, in Definitely. terms of when. You, Definitely got to yep, trust the depth, trust man. Depth. I appreciate the call. Um, you look, Rand- Randall was was a tremendous playmaker for us last year, man. Tremendous. You look at his assist to usage ratio last year. He was one of the best in the league, one of the best big men in the league in terms of passing. But to Sheik's point, fellas, um, yeah, you know that that's going to be part of the adjustment. Part of the chemistry is just trusting Kemba, trusting Fournier more because they too are going to be able to make plays and and score for themselves. So it's, it, again, it's not Bullock and 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 Peyton. So it, it, you know Julius's adjustment is going to be a key factor in in determining how successful this team is going to be as well absolutely and you know we had like we talked about last night cp like in bondi's article you hear you see evan fournier pointing out that he's still trying to get in rhythm with randall randall's trying to get in rhythm with him and that that's not just for them too it's throughout the all, the entire team the the starting unit has two major new pieces mm-hmm. at the point guard and at the wing so they have to get accustomed to how rj and how julius plays and once mitch gets back and mitch hasn't played since last season when we played against the Wizards. So it's a lot of new faces to, for them to get used to. And it's a new play style that they, that Randall and uh, RJ have to get used to as well, because now they're getting playmaking. They're getting the yeah. ball swung to them. They're going to have to, uh, you know, new two man game, whether it's Randall and Fournier, you're going to see a two man game, probably with RJ and Kemba. These guys got to get used to it and get the mismatches and figure out where each other's spacing is on the floor, where they're going to be on the floor at all times, what side of the floor. So it's going to be a lot for them to get together, but the good thing is that through preseason in these blowouts, it looks like they're, they're they've they've taken it up another another level, right? They're, they're yeah. looks like they're getting close to it. So I don't know how far it is. I'm like it'll be interesting to see what midseason form for these guys will look like because then they'll be in rhythm. You'll see that the spacing is just going to come more fluid, and if the ball is whipping around like that last night and even the game prior. It's going to be really intriguing to see what mid-season form looks like. I'm, I mean, with Randall, I'm not really, I'm not concerned at all about you know the uh, how he's going to mesh with you know with the new players and you know with with the improved roster. Um, being that you know those some of those new players with Kemba and Fournier are players that 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 take shots. They're they're, they're going to need shots to contribute offensively. And, you know, obviously one of the first questions is how does that contribute um, to Randall's offensive production? And, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of games like he had against the Pacers where everything's rolling and then you look up on the box and you're like, how did he get 20 points? I didn't see that. (laughs) I didn't see those 20. It it was a quiet 20 and nine. Um, and, And so, you know, when you look at how that game transpired, you saw it was within the offense. And I think... You know, that's what Nick fans are, are, are going to want to see is we don't really care about the just the stats as long as, you know, what they produce is within the mm-hmm, offense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is the objective this season because of the players you got. Um, and with Kemba, you know, a lot of these point guards around the NBA, they're, they're like little alphas, right? They're, 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 they're scoring guards and they're volume players. But the thing with Kemba, although he's a volume scoring point guard, he's also an unselfish player. 
And 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 so I'm not concerned about him getting, you know, his shots, him, um, you know, developing chemistry with the players. I think it'll flow. And with Randall, to to be honest, my if you if you have to ask me, what's my biggest, con, you know, quote unquote concern for Randall this uh-huh. season, is just the mental aspect of the game, um, being that he had that rough playoffs with the yeah. Hawks. Yeah. You know, I, what I personally want to see is, you know, him having another productive season. But for me, with Randall, I'm just waiting for the playoffs. Wait for the playoffs. And see, that's, that's, playoffs. that's all I – you know, I'm not going to put too much stock into these, you know, some you – know, he's going to have ups and, ups and downs. I know some fans want him to even have more, uh, you know, to increase his offensive statistics. I personally don't think that's going to happen. Mm-mm. But that doesn't mean so. he's going to have a bad season. Yeah. I think he – I think he could, just like RJ, he could have a slight downtick in – some of his stats and have a better season than last year. Right. Just because we have so many players, so many options. Now you're going to have, and you're going to have games like, like this where the Knicks have are showing you potential to have some blowout games. And you're going to have, you know, games where he has 16 points and he's going to be spread around because of blowout. It's It's going to be spread around, around, man. It's definitely going to be spread around. I I agree with you on that. Uh, So to the rhyme animal, Chuck D, everybody throw hashtag PE in the chat. Sends a super chat. He says tips is perfect for New York. Perfect for the mentality and prepping this team for the microwave square garden. Physically last year, the team came in tip top shape. Uh, this year, and uh, he says that, in my opinion, prevents the injuries. He's going 45 to 48 with a deep playoff run. So shout out to Chuck. So yeah, me, me and Chuck on the same page, man. 45 to 48 is where he's at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, back to the phones. Let's get some more people in here. Uh, Ice Water's up next. Ice Water, what's good? Hey, CP, what's going on? What's How you feeling, man? Everybody? All right. I just want to make it clear... Um, I'm the first one that said Nick's going to win 50 games. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> Couple of shit. But sometime last month when we talked about it, I said Nick's, my expectation was Nick's win 50 games mm-hmm. and get to the Eastern Finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after these last two games, uh, it's just proven everything that I thought that this team would be. Um, the, the bench is awesome. Uh, and, you know, the fact that, the fact that OB is a is is a much improved player. Uh, I think makes the Knicks even stronger. The fact that you have somebody backing up Julius, yeah, you know, to come in and average eleven, twelve points a game, I think is just going to make the the Knicks that much more potent. Um, you know, Fournier looks good. Uh, Kemba looks really good. It just, the team just looks really good. Uh, it is preseason, but it looks like. Even though it is preseason, it looks like the other teams are playing hard too. It's not like you yeah. know everybody's just you oh, know yeah. taking. Well, it you know the you know the Knicks are playing hard. Tibbs is not playing around. <laughs> he's he's trying to get ready for October twentieth, man. Tibbs is not playing around, so that you could count on. Right. And I mean, you even had a you know a Kevin Knox sighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it was, you know, it, it, but the the cohesiveness though, the way it doesn't look like Fournier and Kemba Walker are new. Right. It looks like they've. Been you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can just imagine what the team is going to look like, you know, after the All-Star break. Um, I don't want to go out on a limb and say 55 wins. I don't want to go out like that. But um, <laughs> He's going 50, but he's but, like 55. Whoa, 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 whoa. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. He said he didn't want to go all the way up to 55, J.D. He said, I'm going to give you the 50 and just leave it at that. 
Might might as well. He's saying Eastern Conference Finals. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was Ice Water that said Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So he might as well go all the way out, Ice Water. He's trying to hang on to the ledge a little bit. One hand, a couple <laughs> fingers, you know. Get, get ahead and drop, man. Get ahead and drop. All right, next up, we got uh, Will from LI. Will, what's going on, Will? Hey, what's going on, CP, JD, Alex? How you guys doing? Good, man. What's going on? Not much, not much. First off, mm-hmm. shout out to that amazing track put out by Jay Boogie. That thing yeah. was straight fire. Podcast track. Jay Boogie, if you listening, bro, that was so dope. Really, I listened to that like at least five times. It's so great. Um, um, everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe, because, yep. you know, you just out here putting out that content, man. It's facts. Sunday but, um, pod, man. We got to talk listen, about it. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, to the thing that the first call say, um, I disagree. I felt like we felt Randall's absence. Like I feel like when you look at the scores, the last couple of games has been pretty even. So I'm not really worried about us scoring. I'm more worried about the defense, and I trust Randall's defense way more than Obi's at the moment. And I feel like Obi plays better with um, Rose anyway mm-hmm. in that second unit. So you know, if Obi does make that step up, you know that's great. But I really like him in right way he is. But either way. Um, JD, I'm officially coming over. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get this 50 burger because let's I, go, I believe, let's man, go. Because this, this is what I say. It's like, this is sustainable. Like when you look at the minutes, nobody's really asked to do so much. Everybody just got to do what they normally do. Uh-huh. If somebody's slacking, either Fournier can hit a 30 pointer. You already know that RJ can get that. Um, Julius, you know, Kemba, I just feel like it's sustainable. You know, knock on wood, no injuries. But yeah. if we're sustainable, I don't think that we're going to – I think we should be good. The only thing I'm worried about is the five. Is, is, is I don't want to go up against Joel Embiid and Todd Gibson is the one that has to beat at the five or something like that. So yeah. I really need to see what Mitch is looking like when he comes back. But either way, that was basically it. Um, I will it. be at the game on Wednesday. Uh, to see uh, Kate and see what he's doing, and I will be at the the uh, the home opener. So mm-hmm. uh, either way, I'll see you guys and uh, keep up the good content, man. Take care. No, no doubt, bro. Call in on Wednesday. Uh, give us a report, man. Let us know what you think in, in person, bro. Appreciate the call, Will. Absolutely. Let's hear from um, Daniel from Jersey. Daniel, what's going on? Okay, wow, wow, wow. What's good, my dude? How you feeling? It's <laughs> been a minute. Been a minute. Uh, it's, it's been so long, bro. It's yeah. been so long. Oh. Oh, dude. It's like, oh, it's like crack. I need another game. I need another <laughs> game right now. Oh, I haven't Facts. seen that many threes go inside the rim since the 12-13 <laughs> season. Oh, my God. That's a fact. Yo, that is a fact, man. That is a fact. Oh, that this this team gives me major Knicks tape vibes, and not because they're all old and on the way out. No, they're yeah. They can they can hit that three CP. They can hit that three. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at them like 95 percent of the time. Four out of the five guys is guaranteed to hit over 37 percent this season. I'm, I'm like I actually think they can rank among the top three in three point percentage this season. Yeah. Not if they shoot that many, though, but they could get in the top three and three-pointers made if they, if they really want to be shooting 53s a game. I'm all for that. Go ahead. Like, lock teams up up to, like, to 105 points or less every night and then, like, blow them out by scoring 125 on 20, 23s made. But, no, I do get a lot of Knicks tape vibes from this. And that team was 
really revolutionary. They were kind of like the Warriors before the Warriors. Now, never with, like, the success or anything, but just with, like, how many threes a game they took yeah, with Mel JR. Yeah, yeah, with Woodson. Mm-hmm. Shump was getting it in. Hell, like, even before the Knicks were decent three-point shooting team. Like, I remember, like, when I first started watching, mm-hmm. like, one of the – I remember Tony Douglas went off for 10 threes one game. I was like, yo, what the hell? Like, he was rocking the green sneakers. Like, yeah. It was, it, it was something that had, I hadn't seen in years. Like, mm-hmm. it's like this, it's like this inner kid in me is just suddenly coming back. And it's been slowly unlocked since the beginning of last year. And it's like, it's man, that's like. It's going to be a great it's year, like man. It's like crack, man. It's like crack. <laughs> he said it's like crack. Appreciate the call. Uh, look, it's going to be an exciting year, man. There's no there's no way around it. You know, this team is deep. You got to respect them. Uh, it's going to be spread around in that box score every night. Different guys can get you in double figures. You're going to have at least eight, eight, eight guys that can get you quality double-digit points at, on any night. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be a good run, man. Definitely looking forward to it and seeing how we fare. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Sunday night pod, CP, JD, Ultra Tarsa Tradicast in the building. Always remember, people, that Knicks Fan TV is presented by Manscaped, the number one men's grooming tool below the waist. Fellas, you know we are in the middle of the fall season. The leaves are falling, the pumpkins are out, and my guys at Manscaped want to make sure that you don't carve up your pumpkins in the wrong way, if you know what I'm saying. So that's why you got to go out and get that lawnmower 4.0, the Ferrari of ball trimmers, fellas. Comes with a nice aerodynamic design, skin-safe custom ceramic blade technology, so you cut down on those nicks. Waterproof. So, you know, you can do it in the shower. It comes with the uh, the LED spotlight, man. So, you know, you can do it in the dark, whatever you're into. But also, you, you make sure you don't miss a spot with this LED spotlight. So, really cool features there. And as usual, man, they take care of us. Go to manscaped.com and enter promo code KFTV to get 20% off plus free shipping. It's a great deal. They also have a lot of uh, gift packages for you. So, a lot of great uh, products there at manscaped.com. Number one men's grooming tool below the waist. And no testimonials. Remember, no testimonials. Just go out and get it. I, I trust that uh, that you'll enjoy it. But no testimonials, man. All right, fellas. How are we looking here? All right. Looking looking good so far. 48 minutes in. So let's take another call. And then, then we'll go uh, around the league. And then we'll, we'll finish up with calls, man. So let's, let's hear from Cynthia. From Long Island, Cynthia, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? Salute, 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 top of the West. <laughs> Cynthia, what's that's going a on? Nice little tri- that's a nice little tribute to, to Jay Boogie. Yeah, of course, of course. Yesterday. Yeah. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> but salute, Alex. Salute, JD. Salute, CP. Miss you guys. Um, but listen, I agree with what, like, you know, everybody's saying the team is looking great. Mm-hmm. Um, my worry and my question, and Alex touched upon upon it last night a bit, mm-hmm. is, you know, when we're asking about, okay, which player is going to most improve, who's got the most to prove, I'm turning the tables and saying I'm looking at Tibbs because mm. I feel like Tibbs was outcoached, you know, by, by um, what's his name? Um, the, the Nate McMillan. Coach. Nate McMillan. And, yeah, I feel that he was outcoached by him. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, Alex, you, you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, how much is he going to trust the young guys to, to turn them in and turn out, but also strategic-wise, sorry, strategic-wise. Mm-hmm. Can Tibbs, what's he, you know, what did he take? What's his takeaways, and what is he going to do to try to outcoach the other coaches? And what do you guys have to say? And mm-hmm. love you all, guys, and, I'll, you know, I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate all the support, Cynthia. Never misses a show. Oh, always appreciate nope. it. Cynthia always holding us down, man. Always holding us down. Um, so I think, look, with the Hawks series, I think obviously a lot of people were, were looking for, for those adjustments, in particular going small against Capella, trying to make him work. You know, Noel was a non-factor, and Capella really didn't have to move away from playing that shadow position and just following Julius Randle all over the place. He, we got mauled on the boards, as we ex- expected going into that series. We knew we were going to lose the rebound battle to him, but we were looking for tips to make those adjustments. We heard from Tibbs uh, during media day why he didn't go with Julius and, and Obi more. Rim protection. Didn't like it defensively. And that's going to be the key, again, to seeing those two play together. But I also think, fellas, I, I think, again, yes, people look at what Ty Lue did against Utah, exposing Gobert and, and going Batum at the five. I also think from a personnel standpoint, the Hawks were just better. And when you look down that Nick bench... There was nobody that, you know, Tibbs could have really went to that you were going to say, all right, this guy is really going to help us turn the tides in the series. I, I didn't see that, man. Even with the healthy Mitch, uh, even if you went, you know, try to go Obi Mobile, I think that I think the Hawks were just overall top to bottom, a better team, a hotter team. And, and you know, yes, McMillan coached it very well, executed the game plan perfectly. But we didn't have the horses. And so... I thought that was, you know, that's just my opinion on on how that series turned out. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. If we had this team that we have now, and granted, we haven't seen the regular season yet, but the way they've been playing, if we had this team for the playoffs last year and we lost, we could. I think there would be more of a discussion whether it was Tom Thibodeau getting outcoached because we have the depth and we have the talent now. But... You know, if we had Mitch, I think it's I think it's a seven game series because I think he's better suited to take on Capella. I think Nerlens Noel was playing with the injury after the first game. Julius Randle, you already mentioned it, CP, that he was double teamed. He was our only offense throughout most of the season. Sure, we had the bench unit that could help. He had quickly Burks, Rose, all those guys that could get hot in the night, and we had Derek Rose carrying us through this playoffs <clears throat> that playoff series, but. We were just outclassed. Like yeah. they have so they had so much talent. I mean, besides Trey Young, they have Hunter, Herder, Capella. You you keep going down. You got Collins. You got there's just so many guys. You had Bogey on that team. There's yeah. just so many guys that they were able to go to. I say like they had eight, nine deep that they can go to and they could get you a bucket. And most of them were yeah. wings. They had a lot of wing depth. And we just didn't have the horses, especially on the wings, to guard everyone. Once you took that bench unit out, all those wings were like six six to six eight mm-hmm. long and they could shoot over people so it was a difficult matchup for us as a team i mean once you take block out who was our best defender who wasn't even playing necessarily the greatest defense that series what was bergs wasn't going to necessarily shut anybody down and then that whole second unit you're asking quickly to then shut somebody down it's not happening either mm-hmm. because of his size and his length so that was just a matchup that was just not in our favor hawks got hot at the right time uh, they were healthy at the, at the right time, too. No one had uh, any injuries. It was just going to be a difficult matchup. But I, w- I would go back to say that this is still Julius Randle who has to prove something and still RJ because, well, J.D. just touched on it. You want to see how he does in the playoffs. He had that mental gap last 
last season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he overcomplicated things. He needed to make it simpler. He told he said that during the presser. Let's see that. Let's see that come to fruition. He is still the face of this team. He's still that guy. This the game's going to run through him on this team. So he's going to have to come back and step up and play big, especially in the playoffs. And like I said last night, he has to. It can't just be a competitive first round. He has to go past the first round. Yeah. To to show that he he's really improved and he's learned from last season. Fine, first time in the playoffs. You haven't had playoff experience. This was your first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You you got the experience now. Not everyone is like the Atlanta Hawks that comes in and is ready to go and gets you to the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. final. That's very rare. Most <clears throat> of these young teams take time. Look, you have the Sacramento Kings who are close to making a playoff appearance, and they still can't get there. And you have other young teams who are just not capable of it. We could talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process, and you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who can't get out of the second round. Yeah. So, you know, I'll get, I get, I'll give like, I give Julius Randle props for what the season that he had for turning it around and coming up big and being the guy for this team because it was pretty two seasons ago. But I'll, I'll give him like, I'll give him like some leeway saying, hey, this is your first time in the playoffs. Playoffs is different and you're legitimately the only guy. There is no one in that starting unit that could play make and also create their own shot. Reggie's not going to put it on the floor, yeah. get you some step back three. Alfred's not that guy. Well, we went to Rose, you know, give credit, you know, Rose did, but we we just didn't have the horses down the bench, man. We just didn't have it. But No, for sure. And that was it. It was Rose carried us. Yeah, that was it. So you only had Rose and then Randall also wasn't there. So but who else is going to do that? You need more than just one guy, though, in the starting unit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, fair, fair takes. Nick's basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Nick's tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So go to TickPick.com slash TV today and use the promo code NICKSTV to save $10 off on your first order. Man, you guys already know I'm circling Knicks versus Hawks Christmas Day at Madison Square Garden. And I know TickPick already has me covered. So go to TickPick.com slash TV and use the promo code TV to save $10 off your first order. J- uh, JD on, on tips. It all sounds good, but this season, expectations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and the thing is, that's sometimes, you know, the dilemma of playing in New York, playing in the big markets, is once you show the fan base, uh, you know, a good product, a competitive product, everyone's always looking for the next step. And so, you know, he, he had, I guess, you know, he had some – I don't want to say excuses. He had some realities uh, last season because, as you guys mentioned, we just didn't have the depth to, you know, counter some of the injuries or, you know, just the weaknesses that we had. And Mm -hmm. we're playing an ultra-talented Hawks team. But this season, we do. And so with that comes higher expectations. With that comes, you know, a bigger microscope. And when the, you know, when the time comes – and as the season goes along, you're going to want to see some creativity when you're facing a team that's also doing the same thing. Because that type of zone, quasi-zone defense that Nate McMillan 
played against Randall, guess what? That's not a defense that the Hawks were playing throughout the season. Right, That's right. something that he adjusted to in that series. Yeah. So you know, when fans and you know analysts see that, that's why they want to hold Tibbs accountable to let's see what you do. Let's see if you go Tyron Lue and you go small ball and mm-hmm. you win some games you're not supposed to. Let's see if you go Doc Rivers and you 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 know you play Shake Milton and you get a lightning rod mm-hmm. and you win a game. Like these type of moves, um I, I, I get it. The the rotation is set and you in a perfect world, you want it to be that. You want to get to the playoffs, you want to play the same nine, ten man rotation. But the realities of the NBA playoffs when a team is game planning for you for a seven game series, you have to make some adjustments. You're going to have to make some changes. You might have to take a risk or two. And I think part of some of the fans that hold them accountable, they probably, you know, they're probably hard on Tibbs because of the whole Peyton thing. Me personally, I just think that when you see Tibbs, you know, the fans wanted him to make that change all last year. And because he didn't, he kind of gets, you know, put into that space of he's not he doesn't make adjustments because how did he not see Alfred Payton couldn't be a starter why did he not bench him um so it's one of those unfortunate things Tibbs is a consistent coach he Mm -hmm. believes in consistency he believes in a set rotation I agree with those philosophies and those principles at the same time you play the Hawks again this this playoffs he doesn't have those excuses CP and he's gonna have to you yeah know, no we're gonna you, have to you, we're you, gonna have but, to show some real right, progress but you're coming in with the horses you're coming in with with better players so you know I I think that ultimately the players have to be the ones that are out there executing and I again we went the Hawks model so to speak not necessarily the Hawks model but we brought in more shot creators they they said it during the uh the press conference we wanted more shot creators we wanted more playmakers and so they have it. So now we got to shoot the fair one with the Hawks again. Wipe the floor <laughs> with them. And, and that's that. You know what I'm saying? Def, I, no, but the, the thing is, I, I definitely agree with you. Obviously, in, in the playoffs and seven-game series, you have to make adjustments. Uh, I think there is there also is a, a certain point within a series where, you know, you've seen every, everybody seen each other's hands. And at the end of the day, your, your horse has got to go out there and, and get the job done. You know, yes, Tibbs is stubborn, but... You know, for the you know eleventh uh, most winningest coach in the league, it's, it's kind of hard. To, I can't see him, you know, t- taking those type of gambles or risks that that you alluded to. Because when you you stuck in your ways, you stuck in your ways. Yeah, so. his his ways his ways are good. He, yeah, his ways are are very productive, and they're gonna give him wins. He's gonna produce well during the season. It's just you know in those kind of situations you want to see you know a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. see see and, and, and sometimes you don't have to you know like sometimes you have a matchup that's just so favorable to you that you don't even need to make you know drastic adjustments or drastic rotational changes or substitution patterns. Um, but some you know this league is going into a lot of parity. You know we went over the, some of these standings predictions and after the top three teams you kind of don't even know where it's gonna go. So, um, you know, he's going to end up the moment always finds you and he'll have an opportunity to, to, you know, showcase his his ability to to coach in the playoffs this season. No, of course. mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I I agree with you, J.D., like in the fact that Tibbs has to be creative. Um, That's why, like, I I want that. I want to see that. But when you're looking at Tibbs and you look at his history, that's just it doesn't scream Tibbs. Maybe he's learned. I'm giving him like the benefit of the doubt. Look, we're seeing up more, more three point shot attempts. That's something that 
any of his teams hasn't done, none of his teams yeah. have really done before in the past. So maybe he is adapting, but he needs to, because you pointed things out when you get into a seven game series, you can't do the same thing because then you just have a game plan for like, Oh, if he's just going to run this, well, I know what he's doing for seven, seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, this is why I'm kind of like hesitant where I say, like when you guys say, or anyone says like, let's see Obi and Randall on the floor. I would like to see that. Do I think our head coach and Tom Thibodeau is going to break that much from character and go do that? It's kind of hard to see, but he should do it because teams do play small ball. If you want to expose like a small, uh, like a non-mobile center, go small and just run up and down the court. That makes a lot of sense. That's what, as uh, CP said, Tyloo did against the Utah Jazz with the Clippers, you know? Right. Small. Yeah. yeah. You, you get you get that you get that four space and you get that creativity and then it forces them to have to bend to you and they haven't they're not prepared for that they're not ready to see that and that's where you can start finding some holes and then really exploiting them but once again like Tibbs last season hasn't had the guys to do that now he has the guys to do that so mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. where I can I could say hey you there's no excuse you have like we legit have 15 guys that you can put in there even down to the rookies they have something. OK, if we if guys have to miss time during the regular season, you can get creative. You can now get creative because you legit have 15 deep. You didn't have 15 deep. Yeah. We had even though we had 10 guys that he was going to. And that's more than a bench that he's used to. He's usually known for using eight, max nine guys like he went 10 last season. That's big for tips. That's a change for him. So I think he is fully adapting. I don't expect too much change out of Tibbs, mm-hmm. but this is the time now where he has the guys that he should be a little bit more flexible. And if you're looking for a slight little crease of, okay, like you said, Alex, he's slowly adapting. You know, if we're, if, if we want to look at some, some signs that maybe just maybe Tom Thibodeau has a pulse in, in, in being able to adapt is I, I, I think some of these threes, right? Like he's coming into the season saying we want to shoot more threes. And early on in the first two preseason, Games. I mean, this team shot fifty something threes. Tom yeah. Thibodeau has to okay. 50, 24, be okay. Twenty four, fifty two, and right. eleven thirty seven okay in the Pacers series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to be okay with being able to play that brand of basketball. If the Knicks are in fact going to shoot that many threes, not fifty, but they're going to be in the thirty seven to forty range, as Rose uh, mentioned that they're shooting for. Mm-hmm. This is new territory for Tibbs as well. He's never played that type of basketball, so. That is a promising sign for me. Mm. And I think that's also why he's pushing like a Obi, some of these young players to play defense in the event that you are faced in that tough playoff spot. And you maybe you have to put Obi at center to take advantage of a matchup. The coach has to feel confident that you're going to play defense. In the end, in order for him to make any adjustments, he needs to have confidence with the five players out on the court on the court that he's still yeah. going to be able to run his defensive system true if true. Thibodeau can't run his defensive system you can forget about it yeah true true story man absolutely true hit salute to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys Sunday night pod CPJD Alex Ritars the Tratacast in the building we are climbing up to 1,000 strong salute to everybody watching on Facebook Twitch YouTube, wherever you guys are watching from, always appreciate the the uh, the support. Uh, JD, you mentioned shooting, so this is a good segue. Let's take a mailbag question, and this mailbag question is going to come from my guy Will from LI, who just called in, but he dropped a super chat for the mailbag question, so we're going to go back to him. He says, who do you think is the most reliable shooter? Like, who do you think should take the last shot? 
But we know CP's answer. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, actually. Burks and bag. (laughs) Actually, you know. So wait, wait, wait. can you repeat the question? Who who do you think is the the most most... reliable shooter? So who would you want taking the the last shot? Because reliable shooter and last shot is different. Right, those that is different. Right, that is different. That is different because one is 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 leaning on clutch, and that doesn't have to be the you know the the best the the most reliable shooter. But let's go with the most reliable shooter for for right now. The most reliable shooter on the team. Mm. I'm going with Fournier. Mm. I'm going with Fournier. You know I'm a Burks guy, but he's streaky. I'm going with Fournier. Damn near 40% from three of his career. Shot 46% from three with Boston. You can count on him. 70th percentile in effective field goal percentage. If you get him a good shot, I think I'm going with Fournier. I think I'm going with Fournier. Solid from the corners as well. Always been solid from the corners. Is this just shooting overall, or is it like three-point shooting? Like, what, what are we talking here? <laughs> I mean, I, when, when I think about that question, I think about three-point shooting. I think about three-point okay. shooting. Right. Okay, okay. That's just me. I mean, you know, you can, you can uh, you know, structure your response any way you'd like. Wow. I'm seeing some Kembas in the chat. It's Kemba easily. Mel Best of Nine says Kemba easily. Well, let's take Shoot. a poll. Let's, let's take a poll, shall we? While, while you guys uh, deliberate. I mean, all right, so since you said poll, can, can we agree on who are the candidates for this poll? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, yeah. So, so you got Fournier, the chat saying Kemba, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you putting Burks in that conversation? Are you putting – you I, have to I put would've. Rose in that conversation. Yeah, you got to put Rose in that conversation. I, I only got four, four right choices in the, in the chat. I yeah, only those, got four Those choices. are the four. Those are the four, uh, but RJ shoot that three ball well. I See, know, man, but... I was, I'm actually leaning towards RJ. We're going to go three. That's why I'm actually like, I'm kind of buying. I'm not kind of buying. I'm buying that three-point shot, staying consistent. So RJ may. I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say this. Um, if, if we're going by just the skill, mm-hmm. like just the skill of shooting, I think Fournier is probably mm-hmm. your answer. But if we're going by like reliable, if we're counting yeah. pressure situations, fourth quarter in mm-hmm. a big spot, like we're putting everything, I might, I might have to go Rose, man, just mm. because Rose, mm. Rose came, and I'm, as a Nick, yeah, Rose came through in the playoffs. Rose was our best three point shooter on the road, He's very efficient, uh, very mm-hmm. efficient, you know, and and you know, you saw even in preseason, he had some some buzzer beater shots and and, and stuff like that. I, I just think, you know, last shot also, you know, the, yeah. the question is also last shot. Right. You know, Rose, See, Rose last, last shot is there. different. See, like you said, like you said in the beginning, the, the question, it, it's two different questions. If I'm going most reliable shooter, I'm going Fournier. If I'm taking the last shot, I'm going with Rose first. I'm going with Rose first. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. going, I'm going with the MVP, the one who's played in the biggest games at the NBA level. I'm going with Rose first, but the most reliable shooter to me, I'm, I'm going with Fournier as the most reliable shooter. I mean, last year, Rose shot, you know, 44% from three on yeah, the road. very efficient. 31% on, at, at, at home, you yeah. know, so, like, very, very efficient. And, you know, early on in preseason, he's showing no signs of, you know, some yeah. of that stuff going away, so. Ra- Raphael Burgesson's chat says, no, uh, damn, no Julius? No, sir, no, no, no Julius right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey. <laughs> you, you, there, there, are moments, yeah. there are moments that were head scratching. No, no, sir. Yeah, no, sir. No, sir. No. Not at the moment. That's all I say. Not at the moment. Uh, um, last, last shot? No. Uh, I'm going with Derrick Rose, uh, Kemba second. I'll even yeah. go Burks, you know. Yeah. Um, unless they're setting Julius up. Unless they're setting Julius up, which I think they should look to do more often in the clutch. Get him some easier shots. Get him some high percentage shots. Uh, a, a, a lot of questions are going to be tough to answer with this roster just yeah. because it, 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 there's so many options yeah. for a lot of you know, are, are we going to do the we're going to do the closest episode again the closest <laughs> episode was a hit man nope nope, nope. The, stop getting out of this the closest right yeah the, the closest lineup episode was a hit man but al you go back in the comments of that episode man you got some love some people showed you some love man we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There, there were some, some, you know, people who weren't uh, too high on RJ being in that closing lineup. So you did get some love, man. Check out the comments. Uh, yeah, I just saw the poll, and the polls just kept telling me one after the other, nah, nah <laughs> not, not feeling Alex. So I'm going to take the poll. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think my, my, if we're getting back uh, on the shooting, I have to go with UCP. I, I, if I'm talking last, last shot, it'd definitely be Rose first because I yeah. just remember the Memphis game specifically from Rose last season where he came up big. I'll go Kemba Walker because Cardiac Kemba, that's just, it's just his nickname alone. So you got to go put him second mm-hmm. and then got to go with Burks. Cause Burks is another guy that can get hot. True. He's done it too. Like wait in the fourth and he can get you some cl- uh, clutch points, but shooting. I agree with you on Evan Fournier, but part of me wants to say RJ cause I'm buying that shot, man. I think you're still RJ is really going it, to, it's going to, it's really like, I'm really being sold on it. I know there were times last season that RJ would just clank it and he was really mm-hmm. effective from the corner. But mm-hmm. looking at his mechanics now, point, like dribbling into the shots, that's a big step, man. That is a very that's big fair. step. And when, when you see Kembo, like in preseason, just fighting him out on the wing and he's just knocking it down with confidence, just quick, just like yeah. not even, no, no hesitation, 
quick. That's fair. I'm buy, I'm buying RJ shot. So I would put him like up there with Evan Fournier as a guy for especially for this season that I'm gonna put my faith in. So far, the early returns in the chat are going D Rose at 39%. So I, I posed a question as who's the most reliable shooter. But again, I think people may be, you know, conflating the, the two questions and, and going with the last shot. So to me, it's a little bit different. They, Fournier still came in second. He's getting some love. He's closing the gap. He's at 31% now. So Fournier's closing the gap. We got Kemba at 23% and Julius at 9 Ooh. The chat. Ari's, uh, Ari's going haywire right now. Oh, I know. Come, he has three experts and no one said IQ. Uh I like IQ. I let IQ take the last yeah, shot. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the most consistent shooter, but yeah, I would him definitely take the last shot. Of course. I think consistency. There were games last season, and it was known, like in his draft profile coming in, that he was a very inconsistent shooter coming into the league, mm-hmm. and it showed last season. There were times where he'd go seven for ten from three, and then there were nights where he'd go zero and eight, and it's just you don't know what you're gonna get. You didn't know what you were gonna get on a nightly basis with, with IQ. So. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say consistent where I need to at least know you can make one shot. Like, sure, it's fine to have a game where you go zero, but there were times where IQ would go zero, one, miss, and then he would explode again. And he also had the rookie wall last season. So it's kind of hard for me to put him up there in consistency where I saw RJ at least maintain 41% of his shot, 40, 41% shooting from three. And for the most part, he was always hitting at least two, maybe three threes in a game last mm-hmm. season. So that's why I'm going to put RJ over like IQ as like a consistent shooter. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Interesting question. Great question, Will. And uh, if you guys want to participate in the mailbag questions, you can always do so uh, on the Sunday pods, man. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram and drop your question when we uh, when we throw it out there. Uh, a couple other topics around the league, fellas. A couple other hot topics. Um, Steve Nash today said that Kyrie Irving, that the Nets are basically preparing for no Kyrie at home games because he has not gotten the jab. I will not say the V word because YouTube is very sensitive with that. So uh, we'll, we'll just call it the jab. Uh, Kyrie Irving hasn't gotten it. We know that uh, the Nets practice facility has been classified as a private facility. So he's able to practice with them. But he won't be able to play at home games, and he won't be able to play at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. So very interesting, man. J.D., how do you, how do you feel about that? It, it, will Kyrie tank the next season? I'm, I'm here for the chaos, man. I'm, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> I'm here for the drama and the chaos when it comes to the Nets, man. What do you think about it? Man, I, and, I, and I told you, like, could you imagine? Uh, you know, they don't have a Nets fan TV. Yeah. So, you know, nobody's... <laughs> breaking that down no uh and and you know and that's probably why you know they went they went to the other side uh i think Kyrie looked at some of the things that 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 he he does and he's like yo i can't be a nick (laughs) if if i'm a nick man it's you imagine like this story would be crazy um but you know i wonder will he tank the nets i mean we, we still have some time left but it sounds like you know, and if Kyrie is, is a guy that you know he he's he's very strong in his his beliefs, and you know to each his own. You know, respect everyone's you know political you know perspectives and affiliations and stuff like that. But in terms of on the basketball court, I wonder if the Knicks 
benefit from all this? Um, you, you know, can 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 the Knicks benefit from that situation? Because now you're talking about 40 plus games. I think California is going to join that mandate. Um, so, you know, when that means when they play, you know, the Golden State Warriors, you're talking about the Lakers, you're talking about the Kings. That's three teams in the state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, those are games that he could potentially miss as well. Um, what does that do for the organization? What does that do from the win-loss record? You know, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. And from my prediction of 50 wins, hey, listen, I ain't mad at it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly not mad at it from a basketball standpoint because, you know, I'm trying to get as high as a seat as possible. However, this, he, this kills his trade value, right? Like who wants to, who wants to get that type of, you know, drama into their, their organization? Like who would want to deal with that? So it kills his trade value. Even I guess if the Nets wanted to, to make a move, I think the Nets are stuck, you know, yeah. what do you do? And, and if he's going to miss games, they, I mean, they still have enough to win, you know, they still have enough to win these mm-hmm. games, but does that knock them down a seat or two? I think this playoffs is going to be very important on seating because when you talk about the Knicks, as this relates to the Knicks, you don't want the Nets to be a four or five seed. And then you're the Knicks, you're a four or five seed. And now you're playing the Nets in the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know? So I think this is, this is very important for Knicks fans to watch as you see some of these things develop because maybe not today, but later on the season, it could come back to affect us yeah. either positively or negatively. True. True story, man. I think, look, they're, they're going to be, they're a deep team. They're going to be ferocious, even, even with Katie and Harden and then they're, they're going to be nice. They had a good off season, both in the draft and, and just adding, you know, veteran free agents. I wonder how is, how it's going to, you know, upset that chemistry because they still never really got on the same page because they were all, always injured. You know, one guy was injured, one guy coming back and so on and so forth. So how does that impact the chemistry and and again, you the seating. How does that impact the seating over the course of the eighty-two game season? And be very interested to see how, how that plays out, man. Uh, Alex, what, what's your thoughts on it? Well, according to Alex Schiffer of uh, the Athletic, uh, Blake Griffin and everyone in the locker room apparently is not talking about uh, the dilemma with Kyrie right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like as a whole team, uh, how they're feeling about the situation. Apparently, it's not being discussed. But I I don't truly believe that. I think they are. I think they just don't want to say anything. Um, but look, as JD said, it benefits the Knicks if Kyrie can't play at least 41 games. And think about it. It's not even only three, JD. It's four. We got the Clippers, too, in there in that mm-hmm. state as well. Right, so right. Yep. you got four. And then when the Knicks when the Knicks and the Nets play, Kyrie can't play because he's still in the state of New York. So we're talking over over half the games, way over half the games we're talking about he's going to miss. Yeah. So as of right now, that's if you calculate just half the games, 41 games that he has to miss, that's $15.6 million out the window. Uh, that he's not earning because it's $380,000 that he misses per game. Um, so he will be, you know, he can be at practice. You saw the, the New York City uh, ordinance that allowed him to be at the facility because they claim the facility to be uh, an office. I will now start saying that every gym I attend is an office. Um, but it's, I think, uh, I think for the Nets, like this puts the Knicks in, in like a good situation if Kyrie can't play to a certain degree because. Harden and like Katie are still two of the most prolific scores. They're still like, as you said, CP, they're a deep Filthy. team. They're the, it's going to be so hard to stop them. Their defense is going to be interesting. I mean, the addition of Patty Mills, still have Joe Harris on the team. There's a lot of guys that you got on that team that still got to still got to give a uh, tip the cat, tip your hat to, and just like know that they're going to get theirs. Um, 
So they're not going to be easy. I still think even if you don't have Kyrie, we saw what James Harden and Katie look like on this team, just them two alone last season, especially when Kyrie was playing with them. And they're still a dynamic team. They can still easily be a top two, three team in this in the, in the Eastern Conference. So it just helps because you can potentially steal a game. We were very close last season in some of those games against the Nets when they had either just Kyrie and Harden or it was just KD. Like we were still close in those games. So mm-hmm. it'll be good for the Knicks as, as a matchup. But overall, like this team is still, I still have this team like in the top going to compete in the yeah. Eastern Conference. Yeah, they, they're yeah. still going to be lethal, man. Like, like I said, I, I just like to see the fires raging in Brooklyn right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. It's beautiful. And, I mean, where, 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 where it's going to definitely affect him, though, um, is if he is, in fact, you know, going to miss even half of those 41s. Because CP, like, the season could start. He could still get, you know, he can still get it mm-hmm. and play, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At any point. So, okay. So, you know, we'll see if he gets up there, you know, because the season could start and things could happen and then he can make his, you know, he can make a decision and, you know, then he's available. But what it will do, though, it puts pressure on the franchise and the coaching staff to now have to play Kevin Durant and James Harden almost every game, you know, because I mean, yes, you, you care about the playoffs, but you don't want things to get out of control either. You still want to fight for home court advantage. You still want to get up there. Um, And so, you know, you see teams like the Lakers who have barely played LeBron in this preseason, you know, the Lakers are going to be a team that's going to, you know, load manage Clippers are known for that. Uh, The Sixers. So a lot of organizations, they're going to treat the season. Yes. They're playing for seating, but they also are going to rest players if Kyrie's out, you know, you Kevin Durant and Harden need to play and they need to play a lot of games. So that, you know, I don't know that that organization wants to be able to be cornered into a strategy that maybe they didn't have going into the season, which then could affect the locker room. It could affect some of the chemistry. So, and, you know, and this is real life now. Mm-hmm. You're involved in real life and perspectives and what you believe in. You know, and I, I know players they're, they say you know all the right things, but you don't know how some of the net players feel. They may be against it. They may be for it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a very touchy you know topic, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops throughout the season. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And in terms of trade, I don't see him getting traded, man. I don't think KD tosses him over the ship. But I think you know mm-hmm. the two of them went there just to start something together. I, I don't see KD you know stabbing him in the back to try to improve the team. If they if they did go for that Simmons trade, I think they'd be ferocious if they did that. You know, I, I think they oh, would man. be ridiculous if, if they went after Simmons but I don't I don't even see that happening so for now it just seems like you know from what Steve Nash is saying it seems like they're just gonna ride the wave and see see how it all plays out man yeah and I and I'm you know as JD pointed out we're talking about real life we're talking about humans right like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's actual emotion behind this it's gonna I can only imagine it's gonna get annoying at some point when you have reporters asking what's happening with Kyrie every single day yeah. during practice after practice you're going to teammates are going to be asked the question what's happening with Kyrie and it's going to wear on them at some point us being Knicks fans we know what the New York media how the New York media ask questions how they can be ferocious and just posing questions and just continuously berating you with the same question over and over until they get an answer because they want the truth mm-hmm. so I can't imagine that's going to go over too well with the Brooklyn Nets now they do have small coverage, so it may not be that big, but I don't I also don't think that this is a team where they take criticism like as individuals very lightly. I mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. I think their personalities like they they, they they don't like taking 
they don't like to be offended. So I, I can only see how this is going to play. I can only imagine how this will play out. I don't see it ending really well unless something no. changes or they, they figure it out some way, some, some other. Yeah. And they, and they have to win this year. I mean, I, when I looked oh, at yeah. this, this, when I looked It'll at this the experiment, biggest embarrassment in sports, like yeah, I always when tell I Kelly. looked at this experiment, you know, uh, you know, I thought they had to win last year and I'm like, okay, you didn't win. You know, you could look at it. Okay. As another Miami situation, Miami didn't win the first year. They came back the second year. Well, if you're going to look at it that way, this is the year you have to win because, you know, these players are not, you know, getting younger. You know, they're, yeah. they're getting much older. Durant next year will be 34. Uh, you know, James Harden is going to be 33. And it's just the NBA. Like, when you saw – when I saw that Miami Heat team, you know, we all thought, why watch basketball? They're going to win every year. Same thing with the Golden State Warriors, right? Like, why watch basketball? They're going to win every year. Mm -hmm. And when you look back at it, you know, these teams, these super teams have a four- or five-year tenure – and at most, they mm -hmm. win like two championships, right? Mm -hmm. Because things happen, you know, teams yeah, players get better. move. Players move, mm -hmm. an injury happens. So that organization, they have a lot of pressure to win this year because if they don't, you don't know what's going to happen after this year. Yeah, true. And, and true you, story. You, you, you also said, like, once again, human emotions. Like, what was it with the Miami Heat, like, their last season together? They didn't have fun. LeBron left, D Wade. You know, yeah. Where I, didn't he go to Chicago afterwards, or was there one, one more year before he went to Chicago? Uh, I for, I forget. But all of them went their separate ways. They it just wasn't fun for them. Yeah, that's why. Same like, with the Warriors. This... Same with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Durant was winning. Pressure, he man. said it wasn't fun. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a lot of a lot of pressure, man. A lot of egos, a lot of infighting. But the Knicks are flying high right now, so that that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, on the other topic, the thing that broke today, man, was uh, not today, but this week was. You had 19 players, including 18 former NBA players, involved in bilking the NBA's health and welfare benefit out of around $4 million. The, the players included Terrence Williams, the ringleader, used to play for the Raptors. Allen Anderson used to play for the Nets. You had uh, uh, Shannon Brown, former Nick Shannon Brown, got jammed up. Will Bynum, Ronald Glenn Big Baby Davis. <laughs> Chris, oh, we're going to get to him. Chris Douglas Roberts, a.k.a. CDR. You have Melvin Eli, Jamario Moon, Darius Miles. That's unfortunate, man. Didn't want to see D. Miles of the Knucklehead Podcast in there. Was it Melvin Eli or former Nick? No, that was, uh, it wasn't Melvin Eli. We had, um. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox. Because they, they were similar. Like, yo, Wilcox you know. was nice for us, man. I was, I was part yeah. of the Wilcox hive. If you guys in the That's chat were part of the Wilcox hive, man, throw it in the chat. I was definitely part of the Wilcox <laughs> hive, man. Beast at Maryland. Uh, Ruben Patterson, the Kobe stopper got jammed up in this thing, man. Remember that? Sebastian Telfair. Un unfortunate. Unfortunate. CJ Watson got jammed up in this thing. And Tony Roten, remember Tony Roten? JD, you look like you were a Tony Roten Hive member. <laughs> remember when they kept, remember when they kept working him out on like the ten day contracts? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I, we looked at all those highlights on Twitter yeah. where we saw, oh, he has talent. He could be the oh man, the future. We we were hoping, we were hoping. But anyway, with, with this fraud thing, so basically what the, what they're alleging is that, and this is the Fed. So you know, the, the, when the Feds are on top of this thing, it, it's pretty much uh, uh, cut and dry because they got like a ninety eight percent conviction rate when it gets to the Fed. So allegedly, these guys now went to Terrence Williams who was orchestrating the whole thing, to file false claims. They had a couple doctor's offices out in L.A. involved in this thing, which send it to the NBA, bill the NBA for, for, for services that were not provided, 
and and getting money back and in turn kicking money back to Terrence Williams. But now these fools get bagged because half of the invoices didn't have company letterhead on them. Some of them had, had you had misspellings. They gave one example where th- they sent in four invoices for players who had a root canal on the same tooth on the same day. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> and half these guys weren't weren't even around. They said one guy sent in an invoice for 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 crowns and like four teeth, and they looked it up. They're like, bro, we looked up the box score. You were in Taiwan playing basketball. So, Smith. <laughs> oh my God, man! You can't make it up. These stupid criminals, man. Stupid criminals, oh, man. man. Al, go ahead, Al. You can't make it up, bro. Can't make it up, man. Can't make it up. Yeah, there's a potential up to 22 years what they what they could be facing. Uh, 20 years for conspiracy. It's federal conspiracy. So all you need is just two or more people just to be on a crime to do something, and they were charged for. They were also charged for what was it healthcare fraud yeah. as well as wire fraud. Was the, was wire fraud. That wire was the fraud. other one as well. And aggravated identity theft. Yeah. So so, all, so all they, felonies. They got Terrence Williams on the identity theft because they said mm-hmm. when Chris Douglas Roberts wasn't paying his taxes, yep. Terrence Williams <laughs> impersonated someone from the, 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 the insurance plan to, to basically say that, hey, you, you're getting jammed up with some false charges. So Terrence Williams is trying to shake down Chris Douglas Roberts. Oh, man, it's, it's a mess. So they got Terrence Williams on identity fraud. And ultimately, I think they said he, he came out with about 200 grand from the whole scheme. But unbelievable, man. Absolutely unbelievable, man. I think it was about 200 some odd grand for each that they worth because it's close to like four million in total that uh, are the that the false claims is totaling to. Um, and they had unwarranted payments of two and a half million. Yeah, this is insanity, man. Yeah. I don't know why you need to do this. Like, just use the NBA's like health and welfare benefit plan just to get more money. Uh, it's crazy. Especially if you're all getting another two hundred eighty thousand dollars. It seems so unworth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not worth my it. time. Yeah, yeah, like, what are you? You're all making millions of dollars. Federal schemes. Two hundred eighty thousand. Scheming, like, come bro. On now. Like, you know, like JD, like I can't count people's pockets. I don't know what everybody's situation was. You know, is it just greed or are these guys down bad where they need the income? But something's just not adding up, man. These guys were just not the sharpest tools in the draw. For real, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to talk in the millionaire scale, like we joined that that bracket, you know, that list. You don't see like max players there. Like you don't see, you know, these players that get these max a hundred million dollars. You're talking about minimum level players. Uh, a few got decent contracts throughout their career. So to me, what that could, and, and I always talk about, you know, the NBA hoping that not only the NBA, but these guys have to get, you know, good advisors. You have to have make sure you have a solid entourage and financial literacy is a big, big deal in big this time. world. You know, big time. I, I always say that it's not taught enough in school. Not at all. Especially, you know, in our communities, I think is 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 very, very, you know, critical because, you know, these players, you know, you go into the NBA or in life, whether it's a career, you get a big job, you get a big promotion, you're an artist, whatever the case may be. And you see, start to see um, just $1 million. I mean, to me, that's, I, I, you know, I look at it when I hear a million dollars, I'm like, why don't you give me the million dollars? I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I, I would have been good. Not everybody thinks the same and not everybody has the resources or the knowledge to make good decisions. And mm-hmm. sometimes you are awarded a privilege or a gift or you earn something 
and you don't you just don't make the best decisions on capitalizing that or multiplying that income so that you're not in a situation where you're even thinking some of these things. You're, you don't need to do some of this stuff. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, in life you see, you know, in music or, or in sports or whatever, you see there's like in football, there's like a percentage of how many players actually go broke after, mm-hmm. you know, four to five years. Like some of these things are real and, and, you know, sometimes, it's not that sometimes it's just flat out greed and yeah, just people yeah, thinking greed, like they're not supposed man. to. So yeah. I think it's a little bit of everything, but I also think financial literacy is something that's 100%. big and, and some of these players Agreed. and athletes yeah. need to make sure that they get the information yeah. they need and that they understand, yo, like you get a lot of money, you know, you can still cost effective and you can still have a good life. You yeah. don't even need to do all that stuff. It's crazy, man. And as, as you, you hit it on the head with the financial literacy aspect, it's something that's sorely needed in our schools and especially within our community. And it's something that I, I know for a fact that uh, the G League Ignite, they added that component to it. You know, the G League Ignite is where the players who want to opt out of going to college for that one year, you know, probation period. You do go to G League Ignite. You do get, uh, I forgot what the salary is. You, you, you do make a six-figure income, but it also comes with, you know, courses on financial literacy and just managing your money and, and things of that nature, which is very important because when you look at it, look at Big Baby, bro. He's 35. You know, the, the average person who's out there working in corporate America, 35, you're not even at your peak of earning potential. You know, you're still on the rise. A guy in the NBA, guys in sports, your shelf life is just a few years. And after that, you got to figure out what you're going to do. You got to invest your money wisely. You know, you, you got to put it away and, and make sure that you, you incur some residual income or go go to the big three, like half of them people that got indicted went to. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that when you play in each city, you got to pay your entertainment tax in each city. So you, you got to make sure you're on top of your taxes. Ten. You know, you, you got to keep the entourage away, keep all the people away that that's in your pockets. And then, obviously, you, you got to maintain, you know, the ability to, to not fall into all the material things. You get jammed up very fast. And so it, it's unfortunate that, that you know, these guys got jammed up in the scheme. But you, but you just got to be, be better at, uh, number one, managing your money and, and staying away from, from those things. Because for the amount of money that they made, it, it doesn't even seem like it was worth it, man. It didn't doesn't even seem like it was worth it. But, you know... The internet does not forget, fellas. And, and JD, when this when the scheme was first announced, uh, <laughs> the, the internet read Big Baby his rights. So, just a background story. Back in 2018, Big Baby had gotten jammed up on a weed charge. They found like 129 grams on him and uh, like 98,000 in cash. So, when that indictment and that case was first brought up, he drops a video... And puts it out on the internet to to defend himself and explain his case. But like I said, the internet does not forget. So let let me play this big baby clip from uh, back in 2018. Big baby, man. Don't believe I asked you on the internet. I will have my day in court. They just mad because a black man got money, man. Trying to keep a black man down, man. Hey, man, shout out Rollo, man. All those people, man, getting money, man. Must be legal, man. A lot of jump shots. A whole lot of jump shots. Popeye chicken. Can't make it up, man. Cannot make it up. You cannot make it up. He's he's on the private jet 
eating the Popeyes which was funny as hell. He's on a private jet. Then he's got all the cash. He's flashing the cash. I mean, J. I mean, JD. If you're gonna scam, you got that's a problem too, man. When you're out here scamming, people don't know how to lay low. You got people out here scamming on all types of things, and then they going out and being flashy with it, man. The feds probably looked at this video and said, "Bro, you were a role player your entire career. You're on a private jet, flash, flashing a bunch of cash. That's that's a, that's a red flag, man." But I, I, the internet I think dug that thinking, one up. I think he was thinking, "All right, don't worry about the money." Forget they're, they're not gonna notice the private jet. They're not gonna notice, you know, the the, the suitcase of money in the ring. They're gonna notice the Popeye's chicken. So by me putting <laughs> the Popeye's right. chicken, I'm gonna scan them. They 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 they're not, they're not gonna figure it out. Oh man, Feds looked at that and said, ah, something something ain't right here. This guy's scamming. We 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 gotta see what this guy's into. Just, no one in their right mind should be ever flashing stacks. Okay, Bro. whether it's on your Facebook yeah. page, making videos for anybody. It does. It's, it's never a good idea. Yeah. Just never a good idea. Quick, quick, quickest, quickest way to get jammed up, man. It's quickest way to get jammed up. Either investigate it or get robbed. Got to be careful. You got to move smarter, man. That That's just the bottom line. Got to move smarter. Um, so anyway, that, that was it from, from around the league. Good, good topics. Great show tonight. Let's get to the closer, Jay Boogie, to uh, to wrap up the show. And then we'll, then we'll see you guys Wednesday, man. Knicks versus Pistons. Preseason at the Garden. Jay Boogie, what's good? Yep. Sit in, sit in, sit in. Three capital C's. I got to switch it up. Say oh. homage <laughs> to the woman inside our, you know what I'm saying, our chat. That's yeah. the madam, Cynthia. Yep, yep. Much love and appreciation from you. That's the madam. Mm-hmm. I know Ashley don't mind. Ashley's the lady. Shout out to the squad, the GM, young Lloyd Banks. Shout out to my man, Alex Lex Luger. everybody else that's following appreciate keep following you know we're gonna lay the jewels all the way down shout out to my man super dave shout out to the great the legendary mr chuck d himself start putting the mr in front of his name mr chuck d himself that's a fact yeah 50 just dropped another another episode of the bmf that's cool oh yeah i gotta watch this is the kmf this is nick family Mafia right here. This is what we got going on. Mm-hmm. KMF, the, the Nick Mafia family. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. Man, I just want to tell y'all people, man, if you ever been held down before, I know you refuse to be held down anymore. Don't you let nothing, 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 nothing stand in your way. That's my anthem. The song is called Ain't No Stopping Us Now. That's what's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? You got to feel good and feel the vibe of what's going going, going on this season. You got to catch the ride. You got to catch the motivation from it coming coming from last season onto this season right here. I'm all the way out the window. Y'all can go ahead and predict all numbers, how, who, how many games we're going to win. I told you, I want third seed. See, when you have expectations, you look for the better. Them guys is not coming in this season talking about, yo, let's win 40 games. Let's win one series. Them guys is coming in there talking about championship. That's how I feel. We need to start talking about championship. Start talking things in existence. Start feeling great about the team. Because when the times was bad, you know what I'm saying? The times was bad. We couldn't talk about those things when the office was bad, when the coaching staff was bad, the bad contracts, you know, all that was bad. The teams was bad, you know what I'm saying? And we was getting talked all the way out of the, out of the city through, through, through the 
through the worst um, 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 TV shows. But now you need to switch that around. Feel great about the team, man. We had a high ride last last year. They said 21, we went to 41. You know what I'm saying? They ain't want to even think about the playoffs. We went to the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I told y'all that P word, you know what I'm saying, was going to be P8. I told you the AC. And the funny <laughs> thing about me saying that we was going to make it to the AC, if it would have been a real season and we was in the West, we would have been the AC just last year in the, in the, in the West Coast. In the, in the west side. That's how good our team was last year, man. You got to feel good and feel appreciated. Look, when was the last time you felt this good about yeah, going into the preseason true. game? When was the last time have you been feeling about these topics, you know what I'm saying? You feel great every day about talking about the Knicks. That's how we ride and that's how we living, man. We on top of this thing right here, man. And I don't let nothing get in our way. Ain't no stopping us now. Everybody get ready to do what they, they got to do. The team is unified. This is a squad. We don't have a bunch of players just coming in there, some dumb guys. Guys like them guys that try to get them millions. Them professional dummies, man. We don't got no guys like that. We got all great locker room guys. That's why just the other day you heard the GM talking about I would have been okay with Porter Jr. coming over here because we got them leader-type guys in our locker. We certify with what we got going on. And I appreciate and love everything that we got going. This our season, man. You got to feel it. I told y'all what was going to happen last year. I'm telling you, third seed. Brooklyn don't want it. You know what I'm saying? They don't even care what seed they're going to be. I know we better than um, uh, Boston. I know we better than Atlanta. And you saw you saw what we did to the Pacers. Only teams that I think, you know what I'm saying, that might give us an issue is Milwaukee and Miami. I don't even see Brooklyn because they ain't even going to have their whole team. And when I come up in the garden, make sure I, make sure Kyrie ain't nowhere in the building because he ain't checked. I'm good. I'm healthy. I don't need him around me. You know, I don't care what they got going on over there on that B side. You know what I'm saying? I just love this orange and blue and what we doing. I love what we doing right here on all these podcasts. I love what y'all doing right there in them checks every day, man. This is what we live, we breathe, we think, we feel. And this is how we're going to be until, you know what I'm saying, that tip-off. I see y'all Boston night, man. And keep in mind, don't look for me to call in on no bum night. No bum night. we're supposed to win, I'm not calling <laughs> in, man. I need all real games, man. Peace, 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 peace. Three capital P's. Let's go. Salute, salute, salute. Three capital S's. That was for Cynthia, man. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great, great weekend, man. Peace. And he's out of there. Five-star call from Jay Boogie, a.k.a. No Bum Nights. Let's get it going. Throw a five in the chat for Jay Boogie. The preseason sermon has been laid down. Great show, man. Great, great way man. to end the show, fellas. I need Jay Boogie to come with me to every job. It's like, <laughs> my goodness. He's not going to, he's only going to get me hyped. He's going to make the, the future employer hype, man. Woo. Yeah. That's <laughs> he's the fact. best candidate. You're not going to get someone better, Alex. Give <laughs> him the job. Work ethic. Like, yeah, you'll get anything you want with Jay Boogie. That's a, that's a fact, man. That's a fact. Great call as usual. Great show, everybody. Salute to Chuck D in the chat once again, man. Salute, Chuck. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, man. Everybody who tuned in. Appreciate all the love. Back at it on Wednesday. Knicks versus Pistons. We'll get to see the number one pick, Kate Cunningham, uh, in action. So that should be interesting as well. Uh, the fan poll has been updated, fellas. Who's the most reliable shooter on the team? Evan Fournier has edged the Rose by a count of 38% to 30. All right. So the chat, just chat went my selection, man. Fournier. So, well, we'll see what happens, man. But, but great question by Will, as usual. Uh, more super chats came in. The Fletcher says he's going with the 60 piece. Playing with the lead this year is going to feel different than crawling back into it. Playing with the lead slash defense, our depth slash continuity. He's going with the 60 piece. 
Junior Caroma in the chat says he's going with Burks. The guy was so clutch in the fourth quarter for us last season. He closed some games out for us last season. Definitely missed the fourth quarter. Shout out to King Matthews. He says, uh, no, not my boy Tony Allen. Yeah, Tony Allen was in that was in that in federal indictment too, man. Tony Allen got jammed up, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, just 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 ridiculous um, that that you know this is going down with these guys. But hey, li- live and you learn, man. Live and you learn. Uh, what else? Uh, Al, I know you didn't catch a fight last night. JD, you catch a fight last night? Yes, sir. It was it was a great fight. It was a great fight. <laughs> It, it was a great fight, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, it went it went the way I expected it to go. I I, I knew Fury was gonna outbox him. Wilder fought valiantly, man. He got lumped up. He he got lumped up bad. But uh, you know, he, he fought. I thought from the fourth round on, he had no gas. Ended up catching Fury with a couple, knocked him down twice. But uh, Fury Fury was just too tough. He's too tough, man. Yeah, to me, uh, uh, Wilder is like that NBA guy that you just say has just ridiculous talent yeah yeah but needs to polish the still skills raw, needs still technique raw. work yeah needs, you know what i mean so he, he's like that type of guy and then fury is like that experienced you know tactician you know just knows what to do yeah um does it he doesn't really wow me but he just knows how to you know how to he's win tough fights, man so. he's tough um, had, had my but man's hey, eardrum split man caught him with so many shots to his ears crazy man Wilder yeah, almost did. He almost pulled it off. Though. Yeah. He knocked uh, Fury out twice in one round. Yeah, I thought that's twice. when he had him there. Um, but you know, um, he 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 didn't he didn't close it. And it's funny because I've heard a lot of talk about people thinking that you know Wilder or Fury could beat Mike Tyson. I'm like, what? No yeah. way. No, these guys couldn't stand a chance against Mike. It, it was uh, it was opinion. a good fight, man. It was a good fight. You know, respect to Wilder. He 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 hung in there tough, man. But damn, he got lumped up. But overall, good effort. Good effort. Uh, now onto those Giants, man. Um, <laughs> my dudes, I I've never seen a team so snake bitten. I've never seen a game like this where you basically lost your entire offense. The Saquon injury just, I, 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 I sunk in my chair. I couldn't believe it. Got to figure he's out for the season again. That's a, It's either a broken ankle or a bad sprain, but the whole thing looked like he had a baseball uh, on the attached to his ankle. It was so bad, you know, the tweak. Uh, the, the Jones play, I didn't like that call, JD. I didn't like the bootleg, man. I can't put Jones out there uh, uh, in harm's way. I can't do it. We, we got to be able to punch that in or throw it. At the very least, man, I can't I can't sacrifice Jones having already lost Saquon. And bro, you see what he got off Wobbly? That's the worst concussion I've seen, man. Yeah. Um, with with you know with Saquon, um, you actually might be surprised. There is a report that he has a low grade, really, ankle sprain. Yeah, really? considering a low grade. Okay. And the early prognosis is that. He is most likely out next week. Yeah. And he and he's considered a fast healer. He's gonna be considered week to week. Mm. But there is there is a decent shot that he can even be back in two weeks. What? Um, wow. Interesting, yeah. man. Because yeah, he got, he got then, caught it that off. Is, That's crazy. It, it, that, yeah, that is per Ian Rap 
report of NFL Network um, and, and Jordan Renan of, of you know ESPN both reported interesting man. Um, that so uh, and, but the thing it's just tough because this is another one of those hurdles that Barkley has had to face as a giant yeah and you start to wonder will he get a second contract with the New York Giants just because and I think it's bad luck like it's, it's bad luck man. sometimes you have you have injuries with players and they're you you term them injury prone but when you actually analyze it it's like yeah he's injury prone but it's because it's bad luck yeah you know yeah um, and with with daniel jones i also i also don't agree with it but i'm just surprised at the giants coaching staff's lack of just knowing like daniel jones has run a lot but i've noticed like when you look at tom brady you look at aaron Rodgers. when they run and they scramble they slide mm -hmm. like they always mm -hmm. slide mm -hmm. and if you look at daniel jones he's had some fumbles because of that he doesn't slide a lot. He goes yeah. head first yeah. into the he's, ground. He's going reckless, bro. I've he's going reckless. Pointed that out many a times, and I'm just surprised that the coaching staff has not taught him to slide. Because if he slides in that situation, you're giving yourself up. Yeah. And you're yeah. and you're leaving it in the hands of the refs. Now yeah. the players know they can't, you know, go on top of you because they're going to yeah. call a flag. So that's why I don't agree with the call. You know he doesn't slide. Why would you? Just no, it just run another play. It was like, reckless, man. It's but but I thought <laughs> I I thought that he he got caught in the in between because he was like right there, bro. It was only like on the two yard he line. Was trying you know to what get I'm saying? So yeah, he was trying to get in there, man. But got his head cracked, and then you know Galladay. You expect I expected him to get hurt at some point in this season. You know, not wishing that on anybody, but he's too injury prone. Lost him. But my main takeaway is that Kadarius Tony is going to be a star. And I'm saying it early. This kid is going to be a problem. A problem. Kadarius Tony nice. is a beast, bro. Absolute beast. And that goes to show you, too, that sometimes coaching staffs, they come up with these game plans of, we're going to ease him in. He's learning the playbook. I mean, Alex knows what I'm talking about because a lot of Jets fans feel the same way with yeah. Denzel Mims. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, when... <laughs> when when you know you have a talented player <laughs> and the coaching staff says oh we're gonna ease him in but look at the way he's playing you mean to tell me that Kadarius tony just you know learned the playbook this week i mean you could have probably played them this way from the beginning but i understand the way coaching staffs do it they want to ease players in and stuff but these players are talented man yeah, it's football that kid and is a when problem. you see him play like that he's he did it with and he and half of his production came with the backup quarterback right so i don't right. want to hear these excuses about oh he's still learning no when you have a talent like that run run a package Beast. you know a package design tell him listen we're gonna run these five six plays for you learn this for this week and just play those mm -hmm. plays if somebody can't stop you, they can't stop you. But I'm man. encouraged, man. The, the 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 Giants have some some something there with Got the Bears, Tony. Got something, bro. Alex. Uh, you know, my <laughs> condolences to you. I mean, we're, oh, we're on the same shoot. boat. So. What wasn't a good breakfast for Al? Al? Al did not have a good breakfast today, man. Look, man, I woke breakfast. up, had some coffee, and then I was like, "Wow, why did I wake up?" No, because <laughs> no, I know Alex. It must be frustrating for you. We as Giants fans, CP knows. We, when you guys are hearing about Zach Wilson and some people already call him a bust and CP and I had to deal with that with Eli, you know, his first mm -hmm. year as a rookie going through all that stuff. And it's just the impatience of, of the New York market, man.
Oh, yeah. for sure. And the thing with the Jets too, it's like when you watch when you watch Zach Wilson, like when you play the Titans, you know that's the quarterback that was promoted, and you see that you're gonna get that from rookie quarterbacks when they come in, they show the flashes of like, oh, this is what you can do. I'm sure you guys saw that with Eli Manning, his rookie season. You're like, oh, I see what I see why they drafted this guy, mm-hmm. but he's a rookie. He's not gonna come in here just be all whimsical like uh, Russell Wilson or anyone else. So that's like the far and few between. Most of the rookies come in here, struggle, it takes them some time. You need to have the proper environment. And for the Jets, look, we have rookie coaching staff. We have a rookie. We have, we're the youngest team in the NFL. So I'm not shocked that we're one and four. Like we're, the defense has just showed up. The offense is just what's killing us, man. Whether it's like week one, it's like, all right, week one, that's fine. Week two, you get the four interceptions by Zach Wilson. You're just scratching your head and you're just, you're just like, what's going on here week week three against the broncos no one could catch anything but he was throwing mm-hmm. them like precision titans everything came together this week he's throwing things Damn. behind people yeah offense was just not there it was uh it was a rough morning but it's uh it's the growth but for denzel mims i agree with you 100 jd uh the only thing for us is that our coaching staff is saying he just needs to learn the playbook mm. and for me when you have a talent like that when you have the guy who has the best catch radius one of the top shore hands on the team you just figure out a way to get him out there you don't you're like we like you said here's five plays yeah Learn show up a couple when you are on the roster go out there and go do that mm-hmm. do the thing that you do best and like he made so far he's made every catch that's been thrown to him for the limited times he's been on the field and it's like can we please get this guy more minutes and the beat reporters are just saying well he's not going to help you win the game it's like i know he's not going to help you win the game week one when we had no wide receivers you're putting in jeff smith like Jeff Smith, who barely made the roster, this guy's beating out our second round pick of last season because special teams. Okay. <laughs> Hang in there, man. Bottom line is Nick's basketball is back on Wednesday. Great show, fellas. Uh, Alex, I had to sign out, bro. CP, JD, as always, always fun talking Knicks with you guys. Fun podcast. You know, salute to Knicks Nation. Salute to the mods. Salute to every, salute to all the callers. Salute to everyone that checks out uh, everything Knicks Fan TV. Guys, you know where you can find my stuff. You can find it over at KnicksFanTV.com. You can check out everyone, all the other writers, too. Season is back up, so we got Remy doing the, the game recap yep. for the next morning. You got to – it's he does an awesome job breaking down the games. Make sure to go check it out. And then if you want to listen to me more, you can go check over Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. We're part of the Fan Sign and Minute Media Network. Uh, we also got the YouTube channel. You can find that as well. And we have another podcast, too. Under this, uh, under this Knicks Jets, etc., we got winning picks weekly. We're that podcast is also part of the fan side of Media Network and Bet Sided. So that one you can go check out John and our video producer Greg. They also do some bet, they do betting, they give you the weekly sleep for the NFL. They're going to do some NBA stuff as of right now. John's leading with over 50% of his bets coming true. His futures are looking pretty good, so go check mm. that out. <laughs> great, great job, man. JD, as always, uh, want to. Give a shout out to the mods uh, for helping helping us deliver a, a, a great show. Uh, everyone else in the chat, the fans, KFTV fans, um, Alex CP. Ten days, man. Ten, Ten days. days. Can't Let's wait go. for that. I, I can't wait for that opening show, CP. Can't wait for opening. You know that pregame show. Uh, it's gonna be an amazing day for Knicks fan TV. End to end coverage. End to end. October October 20th. Make sure you guys don't miss that. Make sure that you guys, I think I just posted it. CP's the franchise, his Twitter account. 
If you don't, yeah. make sure you hit that That's follow. It. That's right. Make sure you hit my guy's uh, Twitter. Uh, CP has his uh, CP the Franchise Twitter account. So make sure that you follow that. I'm JD Sports Talk on Twitter. Um, JD Sports Talk NY and on YouTube, JD Sports Talk. And let's go, man. Can't yes, wait sir. for the next show. Can't wait for the next preseason game. Can't wait, man. Great show as usual, fellas. And salute to everybody in the chat once again. Make sure you guys hit that like button on your way out. Hit that thumbs up button. Break the YouTube algorithm. Let them know this is the number one show for the fans by the fans. As JD said, the CP the Franchise Twitter account has been made. I'm leaving Knicks Fan TV on Twitter. So for that, we're just going to be posting, you know, regular content, our usual content, but I'll be posting more uh, of my personal thoughts, opinions, things of that nature on Nick's sports on, on, and everything on the CP, the franchise Twitter account. So make sure you guys go there and follow it. Uh, remember, the show's available in audio podcast format as well. All the major podcast platforms. You can go to KnicksFanTV.com to find the show links for tonight's show. Shout out to the replay gang whenever you guys end up watching the show. And we will see you guys Wednesday night post-game live 